Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Well, welcome back to the Servants of Grace Theology segment. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And on today's episode, we have a great question today that that is going to really help us, all of us, to think through about our decisions and how do we make them for that are grounded in the Word of God and and shaped by good theology and and that are practical and that are informed by even the the influence and experience of of other godly people. So the question today is: Should Christians look for signs from God when making decisions? Well, in Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine, the Lord declares that He has two wills: one that's hidden and one revealed. And now when I speak of the Lord having two wills, I'm not saying that the Lord is divided within himself. That's because the Lord has revealed himself as self-existent and unchangeable, as we see in Isaiah 43.10, Isaiah 44.6, and Isaiah 44.8, in a unity of three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Each person is distinct from the other and yet identical in essence. What this means is God is neither conflicted nor divided. He exists outside of our time and our space as infinite, majestic, holy, and entirely beyond what our finite minds can fully grasp uh, apart from his revealed word. Now, the hidden will of God is known as his decretive will. His decretive will includes all the Lord has ordained. God's decretive will establishes every event in history. It includes every person's thoughts, every person's hidden intentions. And it's essential to understand that while the Lord works everything out according to the counsel of his sovereign will, as we see in Ephesians 1.11, not everything God ordains in his hidden will is necessarily pleasing to himself. You see, God hates evil, but sovereignly turns what was meant for evil around for the good of his people, as we see in Genesis 50, 20, to achieve a greater good that pleases him, namely the growth of his people in His gra- in the grace of God and the Lord Jesus, as Romans 8, 28 says. God's revealed will is known as his prescriptive will, which describes what the Lord God finds pleasing. For example, when Scripture teaches that Christians about the will of God in Ephesians 5.17 and 1 Thessalonians 4.13, Paul has a prescriptive will of God in mind. Rather than causing anxiety about what might happen or what might perhaps happen, these truths should comfort the people of God. That's because Christians have real peace because of Christ alone, as we see in Romans 5, 1 through 5, and can know peace and experience and practice in their daily lives, as Philippians 4, 6 through 8 says, so that they can grow to be like Christ, as Romans 8, 28 says. See, Christians can know that the God who has revealed himself in his word is also the same one who's unchanging, as we see in Hebrews 13, 5 and Hebrews 13, 8, and therefore I can rejoice in him, as Philippians 4, 4 says because only Christ is sufficient, as we see in Philippians 4.13. Christ, the Lord of peace, who alone is entirely righteous, the rock of refuge, as Psalm 18.2 says, and a very present helper in time of need, as Psalm 46.1 says, for the people of God also summons God's people to the throne of grace to find help in their time of need from their high priest, Jesus Christ, as we see in Hebrews 4.16-18. A matter of de- matters of decision, if presented with the option of moving to a new city or looking for a new house, 
Christians are free to choose without worry and fear if they're displeasing the Lord. And rather than restricting the, the freedom of the people of God, these truths help Christians to know and enjoy the Lord who promises them rest, as we see in Matthew eleven twenty through 30. In particular, these truths help Christians understand the hidden will of God is not like a parent withholding something from their child for the good uh, for their good for a time. Instead, these truths help the people of God understand we would not understand those things the Lord has chosen to keep hidden from his people. And so the Lord's hidden will is not meant to be punitive towards his finite creatures, but it testifies to his infinite goodness, mercy, and grace to his people and purposely revealing his character in his word to his creation. That is to say, the hidden will of God should cause the people of God not to question or to doubt, but to have a deeper love, confidence, and faith in God's revealed and faithful character in the word. And such a growing confidence in God's revealed character can only lead to a greater genuine desire among his people to obey the word of God, not to be hearers only, but doers of his word by the grace of God, as James 1.22 tells us. And with that said, there's still more to God's decretive or revealed will for the Christian. Over the years, I've had many Christians ask me, how can I know God's will? It's a good question. It's one that we need to understand. Here's seven biblically rooted truths that God has revealed that we can know that it is his will for us as Christians. In Ephesians 5.17, Paul says, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. In 1 Thessalonians 4.13, Paul says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification that you abstain from sexual immorality. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct, in, in love, in faith, in purity. The desire to discover the will of God occurs for the Christian exists because the Holy Spirit creates such a passion for what pleases the Lord. And so the people of God will aim to do all that the Lord approves, as we see in Ephesians 5.10 and Philippians 2.12-13. Paul says in Ephesians 5.17, those who are mature aim the course of their lives to understand the will of God. God desires a holy people to reflect his holy light in our local churches and in our world. God's will is that we abound in wisdom and fruit. Colossians 1.9 says, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, bearing fruit into every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. See, God's will is that we be sanctified, that we be conformed to the image of his son. 1 Thessalonians 4.3 says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. See, God's will, 6, is for us to rejoice, to pray, and to be thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Lastly, there is only one way that we can live out His will in our lives, by living by the transformative power of the gospel. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So can we know the will of God for our lives, you might be wondering. So when making decisions, I, I pray, I read, I, I even meditate on a book of the Bible or verses from the Bible, like from the book of Proverbs. I also talk to godly counsels because Proverbs eleven fourteen says, there is wisdom in the abundance of counselors. So after I prayed, I've read the Bible, I've talked to godly counselors, I make my decision. 
Making decisions, whether they are major or minor, can be difficult. Some choices, such as getting married, involve your entire family, they enclose close friends, your pastor, fellow church members. Other decisions may not involve a wide circle of people in your life. But decision-making for the Christian is to be done through a biblical worldview and for God's glory alone. You and I, as Christians, make such decisions grounded in God's final and full revelation of His Word, which testifies of the person and work of Christ. Christians believe the Lord created the world. He sustains the world. He orders all things according to his will and good pleasure for his glory. And the Lord knows our needs. He knows our burdens. He knows our anxieties. He knows our fears. He knows our doubts. The key to making godly decisions is to trust in the sovereign care of God. The Lord longs for his children to trust him, to know his goodness, and to find their pleasure and satisfaction in him. And so making godly decisions, it requires trust in the sovereign care and a concern of a a good God who loves us and wants his children to grow in his image and likeness. I urge you today to put your trust in the Lord, to rest in the person and sufficient work of Christ, to pray, to read the word, to find a godly counselors and make your decision. And then as you make choices about your future, rest in the knowledge of God's care and love for you in Christ. As you study the word and make your decision, please trust your sovereign God. Our sovereign God, he calls you to know, to love, to serve him in the local church and outside of it. Do all this for God's glory alone. He calls you to witness to others wherever he's placed you for the glory of the grace of Christ. Finite creatures can't know the hidden will of God when they're going through very challenging situations. You and I can only look back in history and know only part of what the Lord's hidden will was and only know it because God's decretive will will always come to pass. Whatever happens in history manifests itself in real time and space because God ordained it in his sovereign but hidden will. Christians are not to seek out the hidden will of God. Instead, the people of God are to live by what has been revealed in the 66 books, which constitute God's reliable without error, without the possibility of error, clear binding a a word for every stage and phase of life word. To that end, Christians are to obey the commandments of God by the grace of God, to honor, to please, and worship the Lord God in every facet and every stage of life. That's because you and I can only look back in history and know only part of what the Lord's hidden will was and only know it because God's decretive will will always come to pass. That is because whatever happens in history, it manifests itself in real time and in real space because God ordained it in his sovereign but hidden will. Another helpful consideration is from Dr. John Frame to ask ourselves the following questions. In the normative perspective, Frame asks, we ask the question, what do God's norm direct us to believe? In the situational perspective, we ask, what are the facts? In the existential perspective, we ask, what beliefs is most satisfying to a believing heart? And so from the vantage point, if a particular situation goes against God's word, which regulates the normative, then we know it isn't the will of God. For example, if there's a thought about engaging in sexual sin outside of marriage, that would go against the will of God for the Christian. So God's answer to that is no and would be disobedience. If a friend or someone we know asks us to sin, that is against God's will for us. So that would go against the normative plan of God as described in God's word. 
And in the situational perspective, we might be looking at a house we really want. The question is, in that instance becomes, do you make enough to afford it? Well, if not, then in the situational perspective, the answer is no, because a loan officer isn't going to sign off on a house you can't reasonably afford. And in this way, the province of God is at work. The house you can afford is the house the Lord has for you, and that's where he's going to place you. Also, in this way, the Lord is directing our steps to be in the house and in a particular location that he has for us. And so the answer may be no to one house, but yes to the other house. And the reason may be the cost, but the other reason, he might have a different place for us to be. You see, the Lord is sovereign and he places us where he has need of us. This is another way that his plan unfolds in our lives. And in the existential perspective, we can discover, for example, that what the church we go to, whether it is biblically grounded and biblically practicing, is of vital importance. But we also need to ask whether they have biblically qualified male pastors. Do they have a pra- do they practice biblical body life, where they do life with one another in small groups and others some type of care, and whether they have church discipline, and whether they preach the word verse by verse and line by line? By asking these types of questions, we can arrive at whether we should go to this church. And in this case, if the church is biblically rooted and biblically practicing, they're going to preach the whole word of God. They're going to do life with one another by by caring for one another, and they will practice church discipline and more because they desire to honor the word of God. And in that case, the answer in this situation would be the church is okay to go to. Amy Joseph on the above three points says this, Tri-perspectivalism provides a manageable, multifaceted way to approach a decision. I often liken the decision-making process to untying a complex knot. Initially, the process can seem utterly overwhelming if we do not have an entry point and a method to slowly tease apart different strands of the knot. At first, our fingers seem clumsy and uncoordinated, but with the practice and with patience, loop by loop, we learn to tease out the truth with the help of the Spirit of God, the Word of God, and the people of God. Last thoughts here today. History is not moving willy-nilly towards the end. Behind history is the God of the Bible, who sovereignly is orchestrating good for his people in painful situations, turning what was meant for evil around for the good of his people and for his glory, as we see in Genesis 50:20. So they will grow to be more like Christ, as we see in Romans 8:28. That is, Christians do not need to worry about the hidden will of God. We cannot know it anyway, so we can trust God in his revealed word. And so whether you're struggling with making a decision or knowing the will of God or something else, the scripture is sufficient for you, Christian. You do not need signs from the Lord. Uh, you You do not need to look for signs from the Lord. All the things that God has revealed about the Trinity, man, and much more is contained in the word of God. Scripture is enough and has a central message Uh, centered on a sufficient Savior in our King, Jesus Christ. Well, I want to thank you for listening or watching today's episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.